0: You're listening to the Drowning in Shallow podcast, where we explore rich and meaningful encouragement that doesn't try to put a bow on difficulty. I'm Janelle, a wife, mom, business owner, lover of hospitality, and fellow-needer of encouragement. This is a safe place to engage one another in honestly identifying our emotions, naming our troubles, and finding hope that lasts, even when our circumstances don't change. Stop drowning in the shallow platitudes of life. It's time to jump in, grab a life raft, and learn to float in deep waters. Subscribe to my email encouragements at encouragedwithjanelle.com. If you're tired of messages about positive thinking or self-empowerment that ignore or suppress life's true difficulties or our authentic, limited humanity, you're in just the right place. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: When my kids were in their newborn days, I often reflected on Romans 12's reference to being a living sacrifice. I considered how new motherhood regularly called me to make declarations of love to my babies with actions that communicated, I love you more than... This list was long. I love you more than sleep. I love you more than eating hot food. I love you more than keeping up with my friends. I love you more than feeling pretty. I love you more than my comfort. I wanted my heart to genuinely respond and follow the lead of this babe-sustaining activity. I wanted to engage my heart with the physicality of sacrifice in a way that was genuine and generous. I love you more than is an endless list I often think of when I ponder motherhood. Surely it applies to far more roles than motherhood as well. In recent months, I've read and reread the ever-familiar passage of Philippians 3, where Paul boldly delineates a similar sentiment I've come to summarize as, knowing you, God, is better than. This is becoming my list of loss. Paul says here that he has reason to have confidence in the flesh. So do we. We have justifications, explanations, experiences, relationships, and status that can prop up our self-perspective, our reputation, our heritage, our works. These are often the private, subconscious defenses of our inner selves. Self-righteousness ferments in these dark crevices of our hearts, breeding spiritual pride and propagating relational decay. Paul envisions us to put no confidence in our flesh. If we sit in his words long enough, we'll feel the discomfort of humility's invitation. We are all bent towards favorable dispositions regarding ourselves as we look inward. The dangers here are much higher if and where we are inebriated to them or have yet to suspiciously examine our sly motives and deceptive hearts. What are the worldly underpinnings of our own self-perceptions? What are my particular temptations to have confidence in the flesh? What are yours? These sneaky sins of lethal pride and self-sufficiency that give us the comfy, warm, safe feelings of confidence in our flesh are growing in each and every single one of our hearts. But do we know it? And... Do we see them as dangerous? I've spent months with this passage from Philippians on the back burner of my heart and mind. Simmering as I study other passages, I'm moved and provoked and impacted by how the heart of what Paul is saying here is so vertically relational. There's an intimacy with God that's not only invisible to man, but goes in opposition to what the eyes of man can see and the mouths of even religious others say. There's an entrusting a soul to God happening here that's reflective of 1 Peter and how Christ is responding to reviling, persecution, and suffering for doing good. As the Lord takes away, am I found with a heart that prays, knowing you is better, under my breath? When someone I respect uncovers their painfully uncharitable judgments and assumptions about me and my story, will I take a deep breath and exhale a whispered worship of, knowing you is better than being understood, as I remember my Christ who endured this very pain? When a well-meaning hearer over suffering with cheap fixes that are ignorant to what I'm facing, will knowing you is better be found in my heart as I enjoy the secret intimacy of delighting in my God who alone sees and measures my heartache? When the boundary lines he's called me to live in prevent me from a significant number of healthy enjoyments, will I see feel and name these losses with a chorus of knowing you is better sung in my heart? Will these prayers culminate in a symphony that marks my days of difficulty? Will I look back on the ache of this season and perhaps remember more prominently the sweetness of his presence? Knowing you is better than having a good reputation among religious people I respect. Knowing you is better than being comforted by man in the suffering you've called me to. Knowing you is better than the validating, supportive, or affirming words of people. Knowing you is better than being productive by earthly standards. Knowing you is better than working in the business I love. Knowing you is better than having favor with man. Knowing you is better than privileges that advance me in life. What are yours? If I'm honest, these prayers are more from a state of desperate pleading and helpless begging than they are declarations of faith-filled exalting. Help, my unbelief, is the undertone of my anthem. Make me to believe that knowing you is better, that experiencing deeper relationship with you far surpasses the total worth of all these things I love that are now lost. Help. In a culture that's doctrine of suffering is often more cerebral than godly or experiential, the calling to face a road of grief and affliction brings us to a crossroads almost immediately. Because of how our flesh responds to suffering, and particularly emotional grief, to respond to the Lord's call to walk through a valley of the shadow of death requires tremendous courage. We can find ourselves having to journey on without the human relational comforts our confidence in the flesh would otherwise grant us by way of earthly respect. We are called to leave our self-sufficiency behind, and that's really uncomfortable. Without self-sufficient faith, we can quickly lose the support, encouragement, admiration, and accolades of others. God bids us to cash in strength through our weakness, and our confidence in the flesh gets suffocated. He hides us in our frailty, and his eyes alone see us tenderly in this place. To faithfully trod the dark alleyways of heartache, to embrace weakness and expose vulnerability, we are opened up to rejection even from those close to us and among whom we love and respect. Layers of pain increase. We might feel abandoned in our hour of greatest need. In my own journey, this twofold blow has knocked the breath out of me and thrust me into the arms of Christ hundreds and thousands of times. The agony of betrayal upon betrayal stings deeper and deeper. And this God man, he knows it, he feels it with me. He is present when everyone else falls asleep. He is near when others remain a safe distance away. He speaks words of comfort when loved ones use Bible verses to rebuke or correct brokenness and pain. Help me believe that knowing you is better. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of many things that would have otherwise provided comfort amidst my suffering. He has called me to this road. All good things I've lost, all the gains and advantages I've had in the eyes of man, approval from some whom I deeply respect, I painfully count them as trash, garbage, compared to knowing Jesus better, in contrast to sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings in my very body and story. It's of surpassing worth. Lord, help my unbelief.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today on Drowning in Shallow. Go ahead and click that subscribe button so you don't miss an encouragement.